It's mid-September, and that means the 2023-24 college basketball season is coming, and I cannot wait. Excitement is building all across the country, and especially in Starkville, Mississippi, where the dance music is on full volume, and they are getting ready to go. We're going to talk about it all today, right here on Locked on Women's Basketball. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, everyone. It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. Fall is here. College football is in high gear and gyms are full all across the country of preseason basketball workouts. And that is fantastic news. I am Missy Heydrich, National Women's Basketball Correspondent here at The Next. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, when you take over a program at the Power 5 level of women's college basketball, it is no small task, especially if you dive into the deep end of the SEC. There is a history of success at Mississippi State, and they like to dance in the NCAA tournament. Sam Purcell took the Bulldogs back to the big dance in his first season at the helm in Starkville, and that is just the beginning. After nine seasons as an assistant at Louisville, previous stops at other programs before that, He became the winningest first-year head coach in program history at Mississippi State, and I could not be more excited to have him here today with us on Lockdown Women's Basketball. Coach, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to take a step back here for you. March 2022 probably feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, You're introduced as the ninth head coach in Mississippi State program history. It's never easy to look backwards, but as you reflect a little bit on everything over the past year and a half for you, your program, your family, what, why was this the right power five job for Sam Purcell? People, simple people. All right. Obviously anybody who knows me, uh, I'm very fortunate because I haven't got here without having great people in my circle. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've had unbelievable mentors. Uh, I've been able to coach great players. Um, and that's what Mississippi State is. It's a special hidden gym uh, where women's basketball matters uh, and it's valued uh, and it's supported like no other. Uh, and they just joy fellowship down here. Uh, we break bread. I-, I laugh because the old ways we grew up, right, with going to people's houses and eating dinners and tailgating and just cooking out, which today is Southern hospitality, uh, is a lost art across the country and I'm fortunate to live in it every single day. And that's why this is a special environment. No matter how you slice it, moving over just one chair from that even top assistant to the head coach seat on a bench, it's a big move. Uh, It's by no means an easy one. You mentioned it. You've had great mentors, people that have helped you in your career. What helped you in that transition? Was there anything, some words of wisdom you got from, you know, a good friend like Jeff Waltz? Yeah, no doubt. Jeff is uh, a lifetime friend, but he was a great mentor. Um, Because, again, if you look at Jeff's uh, career, 
and the assistants that he has gone to uh, help become head coaches. Uh, he has a model of success that is unique from any other program in the country because the guy has no ego. Okay. Now he's got a hell of a personality. Excuse me. I hope I can say that. Out loud. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, he does. He's got a great personality. Obviously he's a face for women's basketball, but if you look deep inside his program, he trusts his assistants mm -hmm. and the responsibilities he gave me over a nine year period made this for an easy transition um, because I had to deal with real stuff as an assistant that would prepare me for a head coach. Culture is one of those big words. We hear it all the time. We hear it in the professional game. It's huge in the college athletics world. We're going to hear it from coaches. You hear it from student athletes. Um, yeah. And change is never easy. But last year, it seemed as though your team gelled together when you needed it the most towards the end, when you wanted to get yourself a chance to get in that NCAA tournament. And then you get two huge wins and keep the keep that momentum going. Can you what is that something you can point to the most when you think about the culture of your program that allowed you to be able to take those big steps in that first season? Yeah, I say trust. That's the biggest word. Right. So when I took the program, you got to remember where we were at. Uh, for some of my players, I was their fourth head coach. Yeah. One more time, fourth head coach. That's a lot. It is. Right? Yes. So at that point, it was restoring the love because at that point, I just wasn't their head coach. I was just another person that has come into their life. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create moments uh, and most importantly, earn their trust uh, in year one. And we needed to go through some stuff. We needed to taste success, which we did. Mm -hmm. uh, we went through some hardships in January because the SEC is no joke. Uh, <laughs> you know, the losses I had were the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and Final Four teams within our own league. Um, but you know what? Uh, like I told them, is we're going to bend, but we're not going to break. We're going to stay together. And, and college basketball uh, is a beautiful sport because it's so different than every other sport in college. Like right now in football, if you lose a game, uh, fan bases go crazy because we can't win the national championship, right? Mm -hmm. Or you hope you still can stay in the hunt. Where college basketball is, a, to your point, your question earlier, is about staying together and playing our best basketball come March. And if you're playing your best basketball come March, woo, you can do some special things. And, and we did that. We were four points away from making the Sweet 16 in year one. When you look back at those games and think, what were the difference makers down the stretch? You talk about trust. And I'll be honest with you, as a player myself, I was one of those people. I had four coaches, played for three, recruited by a fourth. It's hard. And that is when you're 18, 19, 20, we know rosters are older nowadays. That does become more difficult. But it seemed as though these kids, they dug in. And so then when you ask them to make some of those changes to trust the process, not only the things off the floor in the locker room, but on the floor, what was the difference maker down the stretch? What what did it in those NCAA wins? Yeah, I think seniors, seniors, right? You can't replace great seniors. Uh, Courtney Weber, unbelievable. You know, I, I love, uh, you know, recruiting. Recruiting is a two-way street, all right? I recruited Courtney Weber at Louisville. She told me no, right? But I didn't go crazy on her. I told her, man, it would have been an honor to coach you. And then it's funny how the good Lord works. I become a head coach. COVID's occurring, right? She gets a fifth year and she's like, coach, I want to come play for you. I'll never forget how you treated me. So her, her relationship of being a strong leader, a kid who came off the bench, Asian A. Johnson, Annie Hayes, uh, Alana Smith. I had seniors where it came to the end where they were grateful. They were thankful, and most importantly, they didn't want their season to end. Uh, and when you got that kind of ingredients in the pot, 
ooh, you know, you, you, you make for a great ending and that's what they did. All right. So I have to ask because it seems to be the one thing. I mean, it was a sensation on Twitter. You got a plot, a lot of love. <laughs> And I'm a huge Whitney Houston fan. So, I mean, I, I was in it to win it. So tell me, what was the inspiration there? Because it couldn't have added more joy to the locker room and the feeling, I think, for your kids. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a different bird. Right? My <laughs> wife would definitely admit to that. Uh, I, I'm just a positive guy. Uh, I, you know, I speak into existence. Uh, I don't beat myself up and self-talk. And I tell my players to do the same. Uh, and then most importantly, I love music. Music is joy in a soul. You know, I actually got my little Amazon. I'm trying to get out of the way. Right behind me in my corner, yeah. you see my little music box yeah. there that I tell Siri to play, you know, uh, Lionel Richie, Whitney Houston. You know, I just, I love old school music. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, February, I try to help my team know that, like, our season is coming to an end. But let's enjoy the process. And, and we have fun with it with music. And Whitney Houston, uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody was one of the songs and obviously we're trying to dance in March. So it kind of came our team hit and we just took it from there. Well, I'm hoping that they're putting it into all of the promotional videos that you guys got going on for this next season. Cause I think it's fantastic. It's fantastic. All right. When we come back, we are going, I want to break down this 23, 24 roster, talk more in depth with coach about what he likes about his team and what needs some work. Uh, first, a message from our friends at Ibotta. Finally, thinking about taking that fall trip maybe to a game that you've been planning but dreading to buy all of the necessities before you take off, it's time to stop earning, spending your hard-earned money and get anything in return. You need Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year. That could cover the cost of the entire shopping trip. Or you can use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to get to, or even just a great night out with your friends and family. Other apps give you points that you don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and so much more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heydrich, and thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. For our everydayers tomorrow on the show, Howard Megdahl sets the stage for the WNBA playoffs. They start Wednesday, September 13th. And I am so happy to be here with head coach Sam Purcell of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Coach, you said it earlier, it is about recruiting. It's about people and relationships. So the lifeblood of any program is that. In this craziness I see today, we, I like to call it the wild, wild west with the portal and everything else. You've not only got to get out there, you got to recruit high school talent. You've got to be, you've got to go to the portal. But then also it feels like a lot of coaches say, I've got to re-recruit my roster almost every season. As you look at what you guys have in front of you on the floor, in the gym with you now for this 23-24 season, 
How huge was it to have a foundation of returners that are coming back, especially you've got your top two scorers? Oh, baby, it was really big. All right. So, yeah, it's a statement, right? We have to, you know, that's what I'm, I'm about as I, I bring this program back is how many positive statements can we make in year one, two, and three? Mm-hmm. And for Jessica Carter in a climate with the NCAA rules, being having the opportunity to leave and have immediate eligibility, but go, you know what? I'm happy here. And I really like it. Jerkayla Jordan. Same thing, a rising star, uh, a young lady who I think should be in the discussion for a possible uh, first-round draft pick. She had a February like no other where she had multiple 20-point games and is an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. Um, So to your point, for them to come back and say, you know what, Uh, we're proud of where we got the program back, but we're hungry for more. I couldn't be more of a happy coach. Uh, talk about some of the new talent that's landed there in Starkville with you. You've got a class that I believe three freshmen, they're all top 100 prospects out of high school. But then also, I think, in my opinion, three impact transfers that you've brought to the floor, playmakers, kids that can be immediate scorers and defenders for you right out of the gate. Yeah, I want to start with a freshman because, right, I'm, I'm a new coach last year. And so your first signing class, a group to have faith and and trust you and believe in the vision. Uh, I can't say enough. They were top 16 recruiting class in the country. Uh, you got Miracle Shepherd, who comes from uh, Mount Verde Academy, which these academies now, all right, that's a hidden thing in women's basketball people aren't talking about. You're starting to see more recruits start leaving home like the men mm-hmm. and start training at an earlier age. And let me tell you, it makes a huge difference um, because to be able to live away from home, uh, in high school and grow up and mature faster. Uh, she's special. She's e- she's made an easy transition along with Jasmine Brown, who's same thing, comes from a- a Example Academy uh, in Illinois. Uh, and then I've got Nier uh, from Atlantic City in New Jersey. So I've got three kids from all over the globe. But again, they chose Mississippi State because of how special this place is. Mm-hmm. And I think you could see something from all three of them this year on the court. Uh, and then the portal... All right. The portal, we always talk about it's a two way street. Your fans hate it when your kids leave you and they enter the portal. But how about when they come? That's not so bad. I mean, that could be a good thing. Right. And that's why I say talk to me nice. All right. Talk to me (laughs) nice because they were talking nice to us this year as that portal class was number three in the country. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it's a testimony to this special environment we have here. Mm -hmm. You start with Aaron Barnum, who played in the SEC, that understands this league. Uh, she's a great scorer, but most importantly, she's a great person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've got, I'm the hidden gem. I'm calling it right now on okay. this podcast. Okay. Right? Is Lauren Parker Lane. All right. It, and it's ironic storylines, right? So 2018 or 17, excuse me, Mississippi state has one of the biggest upsets in women's basketball as they knock off UConn and it's a 111 game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Morgan Williams hits a shot at the buzzer that is heard around the world. Yep. You know why everybody loved Morgan Williams? Because she was just the average kid and the average side that you made you feel like it was your average daughter at home, but she was nothing average. That's yeah. Lauren Parker Lane. Yeah. Lauren Parker Lane is undersized. She played where maybe she didn't get the national attention that she she deserves. Mm-hmm. She's got an unbelievable personality and a skill set that she's going to attract the fans on national TV and most importantly, social media. So I'm excited for what she's going to bring. And then Dariana Rogers from DePaul uh, has a range that is just ridiculous. She does stuff in practice that are just like, are you kidding me? 
Um, and for some kids, a bad shot is actually a good shot for her because she can just has an ability to score the ball at a deep level. Um, and then other returners that, you know, are slept on is Debrisha Poe. My freshman last year started for me. Yeah. All right. Um, she returns for a sophomore year. Ramani Parker hit a game-winning uh, shot to help me beat Tennessee last year at home. Um, and I could just go for days for days for the returners who are coming back along with the newbies. You put returners, veterans, new players, kids with experience that coming off the portal haven't been part of the system. So what did you like from this group during your summer workouts and here in early fall, but then maybe what's giving you a little bit of heartburn as you think ahead. Yeah. You know what? I'm a kind of face reality kind of guy. I don't shy away from the truth. So last year's slogan for us was why not us? Okay. And why not us was because when we took the team or I took the job, I knew I had good returning talent. Yeah. Right. And then my staff did a heck of a job uh, in the portal and we put a great roster together. So when we looked at it on paper, we we're like, guys, why not us in year one? Right. We can microwave this quicker now with the new NCAA rules. We don't have to wait three or four years. So this year, when you look at the talent on paper, we have a chance to compete for championships in year two. But I told them the whole key is going to uh, for us. And this is this year's slogan is one. We got to come together as one. Talent doesn't win championships. Somebody on my team can't start. Somebody's going to have to take a different role than the way they had. So I face it right in the front end. Because you all came here because you could have stayed where you were at and had the same role, or you could have went somewhere else for a larger role, but you chose to come here. Mm -hmm. So can we come together as one and have a magical season where you have different players night in and night, night out, step up, and that's great teams. And that's what we're trying to have in year two. Last year, defense was the calling card. So when I dig into the numbers, because I am kind of a stat sheet geek, when I can look at, um, you know, an all combined team stats, you held teams on the season 59 points a game, 36% from the field, under 30% from three. You were the plus four in that rebounding margin. So you're making things happen on the defensive end. Where does this team then have to get better defensively? And how do you balance that need with having to score the basketball? Because you got to be able to put the ball in the basket to win. Amen. Great question. <laughs> I appreciate it. Because a lot of people always ask, are you a defensive coach or an offensive coach? I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's a dumb question. <laughs> because I'm a basketball coach. Right. right. So to your point, first of all, defensively, we got to become better rebounding. When you look for us to take the next, next step as a program, mm -hmm. we got smashed by South Carolina. We got smashed in the one loss we split with Tennessee. We got smashed in the Notre Dame game in the in the second round. So if you want to beat the top level programs, you got to be able to rebound like no other. Um, and then offensively, I think we just got to get better. Uh, you know, uh, you know, moving the ball at times. The games that we we got stuck dribbling too much, uh, allow the defense to load the box, and, and we were easy to guard and easy to contest on shots. Um, so we've got Lauren, like I said, Lauren Parker Lane and Miracle are two elite point guards. Mm -hmm. I think last year, that's why I give Annie Hayes a lot of credit. She took on a role that wasn't naturally hers. Yeah. So I had a kind of a point guard at committee. Mm -hmm. So to have two natural point guards this year that can help break down a defense, but most, most importantly, bring uh, more energy into my players. I think you'll see more offensive numbers uh, this season. Well, you're absolutely right. If the ball sticks, nothing really good happens. And you only have 30 seconds on a shot clock. So you got to make something happen when you can, right? That's I think that. There right. you go. <laughs> All right. When we come back, more with Coach Purcell 
and his take on walking the walk, talking the talk of being an elite program in today's women's basketball game. Hello, everyone. Missy Heydrich here at Locked on Women's Basketball. Thank you for joining us. And it has been a pleasure to have head coach Sam Purcell, Mississippi State Bulldogs, with us today. Coach, I want to talk a little bit about this because I, I, everyone has expectations. And I hear it all the time. I hear it from coaches. It's the coach speak. It doesn't pick a sport. doesn't matter. But everybody's going to want to tell me that they want to be elite. And you play in a power five. We want to compete. All of those things. So I guess my question to you is this. You've been around this game. You've been in this game a long time. You've been in different conferences. The ACC, the SEC separates itself. It's not easy to, quote, unquote, be elite in the SEC. Why is that? Obviously, you've got the reigning national champions that you're going to be playing over the course of this season. But is there a magic formula, so to speak, of being elite in women's college basketball today? Oof. Yeah, it's a great question. I think it starts with recruiting, right? We're, we're, you're elite when you got elite players. I think where you're going with the SEC and why it's an elite conference is because we're able to attract the elite players. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I was reading a stat. We had an SEC head coaches meeting yesterday that nine of the last 10 years, we've led the nation in attendance. There's, there's an energy about this league and most importantly, an exposure that you can't compare to anywhere across the country. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those variables that set us up on a national stage of bright lights and, and big opportunities is a reason why you see the national champions come out of our league year in and year out. You have two programs now in the state of Mississippi that are continually now on the rise. Yourself, yeah. Mississippi State, what's happening at Ole Miss. What does that mean, not only for that rivalry and maybe that energy that it brings for both campuses, both programs, both athletic departments, but just elevating women's basketball and girls' basketball in the state of Mississippi? Yeah, I think it's huge. I, I really thank you for asking that question because, you know what, first and foremost, Mississippi slept on. Yeah. All right. And I also to that is Jackson State. She's done an unbelievable job, too. She's went to the NCAA tournament and the WNIT. So it's great for our state where sometimes we fight for national attention. We fight for that exposure uh, for, you know, the traditional schools who've had great success. But you know what? We're trying to rock the boat. And <laughs> it's cool because there's an energy and a voice from all of us. Uh, obviously, Yo's a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, we, we've known each other forever. I know our fan bases don't like that at times. Uh, I remind them that even though we're both friends, we're both trying to kick each other's butt on game day. Right. But at the same time, there's an appreciation uh, that we both have for the hard work that we go about uh, and what we're trying to do for the state. Um, so to your point, I think it's great. I think it's great for the young women because if you look at some of the Olympians, some of the best players who've ever played the game, so there's been a lot of great players that have come out of the state of Mississippi. Um, so it's great for women's basketball. Well, you said women's basketball matters in Starkville. I know you said that many times, and I think obviously it means it's starting to matter, and it does matter in the entire state. Uh, scheduling. Uh, you know you run the gauntlet in the SEC, toughest league in the nation, all of that. You're going to play South Carolina. You've got to go to – you get LSU at home in January, obviously home and home with Ole Miss. When you think about, all right, I got to deal with that come January, how do you manage November and December? What does non-conference scheduling look like for you, and, and what do you like to see to get accomplished early? Yeah, so, you know, uh, another great question. So last year it was restore the love. 
right? I, I didn't want to load the box because, again, they've been through some. We needed to taste success. We need to get the program back, but also be in position to make the NCAA tournament, right? which we were the last four in, all right? It so, still counts. It still counts. It doesn't ooh, matter. Yeah, but, you know, it, it was grateful. But, again, in women's basketball, it's different than men's basketball. Yeah. You want to be one of those top 16 seeds so you can host the first and second round. Mm-hmm. Or as proud as I was last year, we had to beat Notre Dame in the second round at Notre Dame. Yeah. Right. If that game's neutral or on my home court, does that outcome come different in year one? So year two was okay. I've got the talent, so we got to up the ante so we can try to put ourselves in position to host, uh, you know, and be one of those top sixteen uh, come March, so we can take this program to the next step. Mm-hmm. Your Mississippi State community, you guys had a great loss um, last winter with the passing of Mike Leach, and I know it's someone who I I've always just thought was such a unique individual in the world of college athletics and sports in general. Um, in the time that you got to spend around him, uh, with him, talk to him, was there something that stayed with you from those experiences? A hundred percent real, right? Uh, I think today in society, people who are fortunate to be in Hollywood roles, right, who are looked upon as huge role models or most importantly, untouchable unless you see them on TV. Yeah. Mike Leach was none of that. Mike Leach obviously was a a superstar, a great personality on TV. But you know what? If you saw Mike Leach at McDonald's, he'd sit down with you and have a coffee. Mm -hmm. If you saw uh, Mike Leach, uh, if he drove by you and saw that your car broke down, Mike Leach would stop. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's fun and cool to see that somebody at that level was just normal and real. And that's why he was valued and appreciated because he made people feel special. Um, I know that's why our athletic department is is, is so successful and there's a, a, a unity about us and we're very close because it started with the head football coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he would hang out with us. He would cheer for us. He would text for us. So obviously it was a huge loss because, again, everybody talks about when your day is done, uh, who shows up to your funeral? And I think the nation saw how special Mike Leach was and what an impact he made on so many people across the globe. Absolutely. You said it, real people, giving them a role model. Um, you and your wife, Megan, you've got three young daughters. So you get what we like to call the ultimate dad, girl dad award. You get a big badge right there, right? That's right. Let's um, go. So, but talk a little bit about having your girls be part of your program because you have a platform. You are creating role models, not only for them, but other young women that see them, that see how hard they work. What does that look like, not only in your house, but just in general to have them be part of it? Yeah, just uh, family environment. That's who I am, right? I try mm-hmm. to let my girls, I, I, I was called for this. You know, I'm a man of faith. So for the good Lord to bless me to be a girl dad, I'm motivated different mm-hmm. uh, in this sport because I want not only greatness for the young women I coach, but for my daughters who are coming behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think it gives me life balance. You know, sometimes with the pressure and the things that can come within this job, uh, when your children are part of road trips or they're in the locker room, it provides a, a sense of reality that, you know what, <laughs> it's not that serious. Now, my daughter has a hard time understanding why kids don't come back after four years and they graduate. <laughs> we talk about that. They're like, Dad, why is uh, Alana Smith not here this year? Right. But, Where'd they go? Where'd yeah. They go? Like, why, why, why she graduated late? She can't play again. So that part's a little hard. But again, it allows my kids to understand, too, and what I preach that, you know what? You never know uh, what little girl's watching you. 
Uh, and so uh, you have a huge impact in this sport, this community, this state, uh, across the globe. But most importantly, you've got three little girls that are my own that look up to you every single day. Now, that's pretty awesome. Um, as we said at the very, I said at the very top, the became the winningest first year coach, head coach in program history. It also meant your new boss, the athletic director there at Mississippi State. Zach Selden gives you a contract extension in May. You said it earlier and in your press release that women's basketball matters in Starkville. That type of commitment from your administration not only has to feel good, but it has to be incredibly important as you move forward and what you want to do with this program. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's huge. First of all, I want to give a shout out to my boss, right? <laughs> for giving me that extension, aka best athletic director in the country. Right? Podcast, right? Because he believes in me. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, he's a new wave, man. He's energetic. He's exciting. He's young. He also is a girl dad. Um, but again, I took this job because of what Vic Schaefer and Sharon Fanning did before me. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll always say that. Uh, this job was elite. You know, some of the kids that I'm recruiting now grew up watching Mississippi State 2017 and 2018 in the national championship game. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that long ago. Um, so for, the, for that success to occur, uh, the fan base, the community, the state to value that, pro, you know, Mississippi State women's basketball program, but to have a new administration that wants to keep the torch lit uh, and be creative in this new NIL climate. Uh, games that can be played and, and where they want to go. I couldn't be more excited as the head coach. All right. I ask everybody this question and I've gotten endorsements for a whole host of things. So I've been, I have gotten recommendations for Rose gardens, for coffee shops. Um, <laughs> I am, I absolutely have to get to East Lansing, Michigan and go to the ice cream store on campus with Robin Fralick because she says it's amazing. So other than your arena, your office, your practice gym, <laughs> What is Coach Purcell's favorite place on the Mississippi State campus? Wow. Any restaurant. Okay. The food okay. here is elite. I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm never, first of all, I've gained 10 pounds in my first year. <laughs> all right. The freshman 10 is real here in Starkville. I blame the fan base for my weight gain. I tell them all the time. They're taking me out to eat because the food is so good here. So, Little Dewey's is, is a favorite taste, uh, Harvey's, uh, and then also baseball games. All right, we have one of the best baseball stadiums in the country where we have grill outfields, you know, in the outfield where we grill food. And again, it's a fellowship and an environment that is just lost across the country. So anywhere we, we can break bread, you're going to have the time of your life. Well, that sounds fantastic to me. It makes me hungry right now. <laughs> All right, so you've got a few more weeks preseason. When will you officially start your practice clock and get this 23-24 season on the road? Yeah, September 24th. It's on and going. Uh, but again, I think the NCAA rules have almost made this year round, right? Yeah. We had eight weeks this summer uh, of individual workouts. We're in training camp, what I call right now. We're probably on week, what, four or five. So we've been slowly just putting it in deposits. But to your point, your question, September 24th is when it's really on. So we're excited. All right. Well, Coach, it has been such a pleasure. And thank you so much for your time coming on. I know everybody within the next and our lockdown group is going to be watching what's happening in Starkville and Mississippi State women's basketball this season. I want to thank everybody for watching and listening today. You can find me at Missy Hydrick on Twitter, formerly known or X, formerly known. You can find all of my amazing colleagues. Make sure you get over to www.thenexthoops.com. 
and follow this podcast at Locked On WBB. Thanks for making our show your first listen every day. For our everydayers tomorrow, Howard Megdahl, more WNBA playoff coverage. They start September 13th. And don't sleep on the Bulldogs, everybody. A lot going on in Starkville. We will see them this season. We will see you next time right here on Locked On Women's Basketball.